Okay, this is my first podcast, I guess you could call it. You probably can't hear me well, and I hope I get better at this, but I just saw that episode of Wonder Hell where Peyton's dad was all like, you should talk to somebody, and she talked to her podcast, so I thought I might try that. I got this question today in sociology. Am I prepared for life after high school? What am I concerned about? And how do I think I'll do? Thinking about that terrifies me. Most kids my age have nothing planned out after high school. I have everything planned after high school. And that's what scares me. I know what school I want to go to. I know what I want to major in. I know what school I want to go after that school. I have everything for the next like 15 years planned. But I feel like all those kids who have everything planned out always end up going in the wrong direction. I'm not gonna have that normal college life, you know? The one where you party every Friday or something like that. I don't know. I'm only 17. I feel as though I'm going to miss out on so much being who I am figuring things out and I don't know how I feel about that. I honestly think I'm scared. I'm scared that in 20 years from now my kids are going to ask me about my teenage years and my time through college and I'm not going to be able to tell them anything. I'm going to be that mom that just studied that only did what she thought she needed to do to get where she was. I'm gonna be that mom who the kids don't come to when they need to talk about something stupid or anything like that. I'm not gonna be the cool mom that I want to be. Like I know it's a while from now hopefully until I have kids. But, oh, I just, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I always thought of my mom as the cool mom because she was always the one who I could tell, like, anything to. And I want to be that mom. I don't want my kids to be the kids who have to tell other moms their stories or their secrets or anything like that because they don't think I could handle it because my teenage years were spent in my room studying for my next chemistry test or my next final or anything like that. I don't want to be that mom and I think that scares me. I know that how I live through college 
will affect me for the rest of my life. I know that I could go out and party one night and I could end up a drug addict, an alcoholic, pregnant, I don't know. And that's, I think, why I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk my future. I don't want to risk my dreams. And I totally, totally understand and support the moms who get pregnant in high school or college and get their degree, get to follow their dreams. But with what I want to do, I don't think that's possible. I want to have a normal college or university experience. I want to be able to go and meet someone and, I don't know, fall in love, go to a few parties, I don't know. But with what I want to do in the future, I think if I do this stuff, I risk it all. And this dream is so important to me. I've had this dream since I was 12 years old. 12. Most kids at 12 years old nowadays are doing stupid Fortnite dances and hit the renegade when they can. Like, and then there was 12 year old me knowing what she wanted to do for the rest of her life and knowing how much work she had to put in and how good her grades had to be and how good her transcripts had to look like everything I do is for my future everything I do in high school is for my transcripts it's for colleges to want me because for how long I have to go to school if I don't get scholarships if colleges don't want me I'm not going I've gotten straight A's and B pluses since kindergarten since I was like five years old I've I'm in the top 20 of my class okay that probably doesn't sound like amazing but there's like 130 of us and I'm in the top 20 like I'm in NHS I do my community service hours I play on sports teams I join clubs I do everything I can to make my transcripts look desirable to colleges and I think because of this I've missed out on so much as being a teenager and I get the people that are like I did all that I still got to be a teenager well I'm 17 years old I'm taking college classes I just took my finals I have four other finals I still have to take I don't even know how elections went for like three of the clubs I'm in I don't know what's going to happen hopefully hopefully I get elected that'll look good in my transcripts that's how I've been for the past I don't know five six years will this look good on my transcript even if I'm not varsity it still looks good on my transcript 
even if I don't get elected, it still looks good on my transcript. Everything I do for my transcripts. I've never actually done anything for school, like for me, that I wanted to. And I think because of that, I missed a huge chunk of being a teenager. Most teenagers now are partying. <laughs> they're doing drugs, they're drinking. I'm not saying I want to do that. I'm just saying that look at me compared to them. I know kids who do this kind of stuff and they're getting straight A's and B's. That could be me. I could be working so hard for what I want on my transcripts and still be a teenager. Yes, I get to be a teenager sometimes, but it's not what I want. I want to be a teenager all the time. Like, it's been hard because I'm my mother's prodigy child, I guess you could call me, compared to my siblings. I'm her hope of one of us becoming a big shot doctor or lawyer or anything like that that brings home a six-figure salary or whatever you want to call it. That's a lot. I've played sports that I've hated for her. I've joined clubs for her. I've studied my ass off for her. And I've done nothing for myself. Like, I get to go to homecoming, I get to go to prom, stuff like that. But not the way I want to. I don't get the dresses I want, really. I don't get to go with my friends without her saying something. Like, I wanted to go to prom with my friends, not with a date. I didn't want a date. I wanted my friends. And she told me no. She said that if I didn't have a real date, she wasn't buying me a dress. She said that she was not spending $300 for me to go by myself. And I don't think she understands. She was like, I was a teenager once, but yes, that was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, you were 17. I'm 17 right now. She doesn't understand what it's like to be a teenager nowadays. She doesn't know what I've been through. She doesn't know anything. And she puts this amount of pressure on me to be her prodigy child and it's it's hard it's so very hard like nowadays you can't call yourself gay you can't call yourself bisexual you can't say anything like that because you're following the trend or you don't know you're confused and you can't be depressed, or you can't have anxiety, or you can't have any mental disorders because, oh, you're just doing it for the attention. And 
I think that's what parents don't understand is that why would we want to follow a trend where people get murdered for being who they are people die because of what they have and parents don't understand that I've never said this in front of my mother but I am bisexual and I have anxiety and depression. Saying that like out loud is a proud moment for me. I'm proud every time I say it, every time I say any of those words because I'm being who I am. Now, I've had friends who don't support me, I guess you could say, like they do, but not in a full sense. My friend told me that she does not support LGBTQ community. She said that to my face, that she does not support it because Jesus sees it as a sin or God sees it as a sin or whatever you want to call it. But then she said, it doesn't matter that it's a sin because Jesus and God forgive all sins. She said that all sins are equal to one another. So it doesn't matter that I like girls and guys. She said that as long as I ask for forgiveness or whatever Jesus wants to hear, I'll be fine. She compared being gay to lying or wearing polyester or working on Saturday or watching porn or masturbating. Like those are all sins, but they're all equal. I get what she's saying from her religious perspective, but it hurts to have one of my best friends say that to my face. And I can't tell my mom about it because she doesn't know. And I don't know what will happen if I tell her. I don't think she'll mind. But it doesn't matter because I'm terrified. I'm so scared. And I should be. People get hurt. People die from being who they are. You can say whatever you want about me. I was born this way. I did not choose this. Why would I? Why would I choose to be a part of a community that has been beaten down? That people get killed of for being a part of the community? Like, if I was in the wrong place, I could die from being who I was. I could die for being born the way I am. And that's hard not to talk to your mom about. Just like um, with my depression and my anxiety and stuff like that, I can't talk to her about it because she believes 
that people just do that for attention. Like it hurts to hear my own mother say that I do it for attention. She doesn't know that she's saying that, but she is. Which is what hurts the most, is that she doesn't even know she's saying that about her own child. How, like two years ago, I tried to end my life. And now last year, I tried to do it again. She doesn't know that I wanted to die. She doesn't know the thoughts that were going through my head. And she doesn't know how I felt during all this. And she doesn't know what I went through during this and how I had to turn to my friends for help before I could ever tell her and how I had to tell my teachers before I could tell my mother and I still haven't told her. More people know about me trying to do that than my own mother. My mother should have been the first person to know and yet I was terrified to say anything. Just like with my anxiety, she does not believe in that and it's so hard to try to have this and not tell her. I just, everything that I am and everything that I have, I can't tell her because I'm scared of how she'll react to her prodigy child being a depressed bisexual with anxiety. I don't know how she'll feel about that. Which is why I can't tell her. I want to, but I can't. I try every time I look at her to tell her. I want to tell her. I need to tell her. And nothing comes out. I stand there. I'm so ready to tell her. And I can't because every thought rushes through my head like what happens if she doesn't accept it what happens if this if that and I can't say it the words want the words need to come out and they can't I am broken because of my mother I do everything I can to please her. I've played every sport, joined every club, gotten the best grades I could for her, not for me. I've done nothing for myself during my high school career. I've dealt with so many things that she doesn't even know about. But she needs to know, and I can't tell her.
so back to the beginning where I talked about my sociology question. Am I prepared for after high school? Yes and no. I am prepared after high school to be introduced to new and accepting people and people who will not judge for the way I was born and the way I am and the diseases I have. I'm not prepared to leave my home, to leave my room, to leave everything. I am prepared to go and follow my dream, but I'm not prepared to give up what could be some of the greatest moments of my life. My first college party, my first illegal college beer, I, my first game of beer pong, like things like that. I'm not prepared to give those up. Just like I'm not prepared to give up my dream. I feel like I can't give them both up. I want to keep both, but I know I can't. Just like I'm prepared to leave my county. Where I live, there are 88 counties. I've been to about four. I am prepared to get out of this town and I'm prepared to meet people from all over. There are so many things I'm prepared for, yet not. Like, I just painted my room. I get to enjoy it for another year and I'm gone. I have so many things I'm not prepared for. I'm not prepared to graduate. I'm not prepared for my first day of senior year. I'm not prepared for senior homecoming or senior prom. I'm not prepared for senior trip or senior skip day. I'm not prepared to read my letter from the university that is my dream school. It could be the breaking of my dream or the beginning of my dream. I'm not prepared to open a letter that could possibly say, sorry, you're not gonna come here for school. Or, I'm not prepared to read a letter that says, congratulations, we'd love to have you here. We want you to further your dream. I'm not prepared to say goodbye to my friends. I don't know what I'm gonna do without them. They've helped me through so, so much and I can never, ever thank them enough. They have pulled me back to me. They've been there through the heartbreaks, through the drama, through all the times I've wanted to hurt myself, to end myself. They've been there for everything. And I don't know how I'm gonna go on without them. And I know, I know how 
or the way I'm saying it is like as soon as we all leave for college I'm gonna end it all like no that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is I don't know what to do without them like what's gonna happen I'm gonna go to the university a college my friend she wants to take a year break my other friend wants to go across the freaking ocean like what is I always had this dream that me and my best friend we would go to the same college and we'd be roommates or dorm mates or whatever you want to call it I always wanted that I always wanted to go to school with my best friend She's been there for me since 5th grade, 4th grade, 4th grade. And I don't know how I'm going to go through college without her. I barely made it through high school with her. How am I going to go through college without her? I am prepared to leave my worries and my regrets here in my small little town but I'm not prepared to leave the people behind I've always had these dreams like actual dreams like when I was sleeping where I come home from college and nobody cares and I feel like that will be a reality and that makes me not want to leave. Like, I need to leave. But I... I don't know what will happen if I do leave. So... I believe... That... I believe... That I can do it on my own. I believe I can live on my own, I can survive on my own, but I don't think I can. I think I want to believe I'm independent, but I rely so much on the people around me, it's insane. I like to act like I'm very independent, but I know Here is the sociology question I was asked today. How prepared are you for life after high school? What are you looking forward to after high school? And what concerns do you have? And my answer to that was, in all honesty, I think I'm prepared, but I know I'm not. I think after high school, I miss looking forward to getting out of my county. I'm excited to meet new people from different places and honestly to further my education surprisingly. I am concerned that I won't be able to do it on my own. I'm scared that once I leave for college, everything's gonna change. I mean, my friends will be gone. I won't be living at home. It'll be a whole new world for me. So I think after high school, even though I like to think I'm prepared, 
I know for sure I'm going to be one hot mess after high school. I'm not going to know what to do on my own by myself, but I'd like to think I'd make it on my own and hopefully do some good and not do anything stupid. I put so much thought into that answer, and I am 100% confident in what that answer means to me. I think that answer means to me that I need to straighten my shit out before I apply for any college. I need to, I need to straighten everything out. I need to prepare myself for what life is probably going to hit me with. And then I'll be okay, I think. I believe that once I straighten everything out, once I figure out what I need to make amends with, what regrets I need to revisit, I'll be okay. And if not, I mean, I can always talk about my problems on here. It doesn't matter if anybody listens or not, it just matters that I talk about it and believe that people are listening. So, if you are listening, and you know how I feel, I hope you get better. I hope you talk about it. I hope you get people who understand you. And I hope that you find your own way to a better future. And no, I do not mean to end it. I mean to find a way to a better future. So, with that being said, I think I'm going to end it here. I feel like I've talked about everything I needed to talk about today. And if you're listening, next time you hear me, hopefully it's not you re-listening to this podcast. Hopefully it's you listening to my new one. And so with that, I bid you all a farewell and have a safe, happy, healthy day. Uh, what's up guys? It's me again. And... I'm just here to talk about how the boys in my life are very stupid. So I completely understand to the ones who started listening to this if you stopped listening to it. And I completely understand if by the end of this, if you listen to all of it, you think I'm either very, very, very unlucky when it comes to men or you feel really really bad for me but either way it's okay because i'm living my best life but uh i just wanted to come on here and kind of talk about the men in my life or were in my life or boys in general because i just found something out yesterday that kind of blew my mind so but before we talk about him, I want to talk about others. 
Um, let's start about two years ago, my freshman year of high school. So, oh, who are we starting with? Since we're just doing the boys, maybe I'll do a different one on girls. There was Michael. Now, Michael, I guess you can say, had a big part, or was a big part, of my life at one point. He is no longer in my life. Like, at all. Like, I don't talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. He only has bad intentions. He led me on a lot. He was, and I know girls say this all the time now, so this word doesn't even have meaning anymore pretty much, but he was toxic. I do not throw that word toxic around, and I do not say that about anybody usually, unless I really do truly believe that they are. I really truly believe that he was he led girls on and he was never loyal and the way he treated girls was insane like one of my friends one of my close friends she literally ended up in the hospital because of him and no like he didn't like beat her up or like abuse her physically but mentally and emotionally he kind of did and I didn't talk to him at all my sophomore year. I refused to. I did not want him in my life. I did everything I could to get him out of my life. He blocked me on Snap and everything, so I was okay with it. I was like, good, I don't need him in my life. I don't want him in my life. He's toxic and I don't need those kind of boys in my life. Junior year rolls around and I have tried so hard to avoid him. I don't want to be in any classes with him. I don't even want to be in the same hallway as him. Well, turns out I walk into my third period college Spanish class and there he is standing there. And I was, I don't know if I could say shocked or if I was just unprepared for this to happen. And then I was like, it's one class. We probably won't even talk to each other. It'll all be okay. Then here comes fifth period, which is right before lunch where I go to school. And I walk in and who's sitting in the back corner where like pretty much right next to where I sit Michael I probably shouldn't use a real name so I'm not going to for the rest of them I just realized that or I'll just call them by their first initial I don't know but I just realized that so um ignore his name please but anyways M sat very close to where I sat during my psychology class semester ends Thank gosh he did not take sociology, because I honestly think I might have cried. He 
is someone that I have let into my life constantly and because I'm a big believer of giving people second chances or like chances in general because you never know what's going on with someone at that point in their life and what had happened was I have a lot of issues but that still doesn't justify what I did he is engaged to a girl who who is older than him and they are doing long distance so around January it's either January or December he texts me and it's like 8 o'clock at night he texts me and all that We're, it's fine we're just having a normal conversation it's okay and he went on a big lecture to me about uh, the fact that I have sent explicit pictures to um, other boys and he went on this big rant telling me about how I should respect myself more and if I were to send these types of pictures I should only be sending them to my significant other or someone who I'm in love with and he went on this big thing about how I'm not respecting myself and how I shouldn't be doing this and I told him I was like I'm I'm doing this because I want to I'm not doing this because some boy just ask like that's not how it works I'm sending them because I want to and you creating this big old speech about how I'm not respecting myself and how I should love them before I send them isn't going to affect me like of course I respect myself I definitely have a lot more respect for myself than I did when we first met so, him saying that I didn't have any respect for myself was insane. But moving on, he texts me about a week, week and a half, maybe? I don't remember exactly. Later. It's about mm, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, something like that. And we're just talking, having a normal conversation and everything like that. And it's all going good. And then about 12.30, that's when things started to kind of change. Because he kept sending me just pictures of his bare chest because he wasn't wearing a shirt because he was laying in bed. And I kept making jokes with him, telling him he had, like, nice boobs and stuff like that. And he said this as a joke. I know this was as a joke. That he wanted to see mine because it was, like, an ongoing joke between us. And I was like, yeah, sure, let me get right on that. And he's like, are you serious? You just willingly send them to me? 
and I told him that I would send them to anybody if they asked nice enough. Now, you can have your opinion on me about that if you want, but just so you know, I do not send them to anybody who asks nice enough. I was just saying that to try to make him mad after he gave me a whole speech about, you know, I don't have any self-respect for myself. And then the conversation kind of does a full 180. One thing leads to another. And we sent each other explicit images. I am an idiot. I knew he was engaged. I knew what I was doing and I still did it. I think that has to be the worst mistake, my biggest regret in the history of, um, history. So, after that, uh, I went to school the next day and I saw him again. And I didn't know what to do unlike he he's engaged and I did that and he sent back and he's the one who started it like the whole thing and I literally learned I literally like didn't talk the whole day like I didn't want to talk I didn't want to socialize with people and I genuinely thought that I was like, oh my god, I'm, I'm a whore, I'm, I'm an awful person for doing this, and my friends, they kept telling me that you, that I wasn't, that he started it, which he did, and that he's more to blame for it than me, because he's the one who started it, and he's the one who has a fiancé, and all that stuff and then I find out that he's been doing this with so many girls like he was gonna leave his fiance for his best friend who's a girl by the way and all sorts of stuff like he's such a toxic man it's ridiculous so then about two days later he texts me again and he's like what are you doing? And I said, nothing much to you. And he's, he's like, I'm kind of bored. I was like, so am I. And he tried to get me to uh, send him explicit pictures again. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that again. He's like, well, why not? I said, you have a fiance. You're literally, you literally tell everybody you're getting married after you graduate. Like, you fly her out here. You flew her out here for Christmas. Like, you flew her out here for President's Day weekend. Like, what the heck? So, like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this again. He's like, okay, fine, whatever. Just don't tell anybody. And I was like, I was like, yeah. Because I'm not going to tell anybody. So, then, uh, I didn't talk to him after that happened. And I went... I, I didn't even look at him. I refused. 
So then I went to uh, DC, like Washington DC, with my debate club. And I got back. And I walk in to my third period Spanish. I sit down, doing my work. It's almost the end of the period and he asked me how my trip was. And I go, it was fine. I try to keep my sentences as blunt and as simple as possible. I did not want to talk to him at all. Like, I, I couldn't. So after that, he's only texted me once. That, and that last encounter happened in February. February 17th, I think. 17th, 18th. So... Uh, after that he texted me once because I, I took a nap or I fell asleep and I woke up and I had a bunch of messages and he was one of them and I was that's how he said it just said hey and I was like nope I'm not texting you I'm not talking to you like no it's not happening so I left him on open and that is the last time I have ever talked to him now, who, uh, now we have G. I'm just gonna call him G because I'm not gonna give you his full name after I did with, uh, the first one because that was an accident and I'm not re-recording this. But, um, I've known G for a really long time. Like, seven plus years, something like that. Uh, we would ro- we rode the bus together. We were bus buddies and stuff like that. Uh, last year and this year, kind of, I kind of had a little crush on him. Kind of. Because he was cute and all that. And uh, I, before I finish my story or whatever... You need to know two side things. One of them is when I send my explicit images. Um, they cannot go to my school. They cannot live in the same state. And they cannot have mutual friends. Just in case something happens and I end up getting exposed. Or something like that. And also, me and Graham had a goal. Oh crap, I said his name. Ignore his name. Me and G had a plan to lose our virginities in the summer of 2019. We were going to lose it and we were going to text each other like the minute after it happened. He texted me about June maybe. He lost his. And then he texted me again in July that he had sex with someone I was like what the heck Graham and stuff like that so now that you know those two side stories Graham always kept telling me that I just need to lose it and stuff like that and we always made a joke about it because I'd always tell him I'm trying man like nobody just nobody wants to have sex with me and he would make and we would make jokes about it then about November or December, 
he texts me one day and he goes these are his exact words do you know anybody who could send nudes to me and he only texted me that because that day on the bus we were talking about what's in our my eyes only on snap and i had a couple booty pics in my my eyes only and he got salty because i wouldn't let him see him because i thought they looked really bad and uh so he texted me about that and i was like no no i don't know anybody off the top of my head and he's like okay well if you figure someone out or anything like that let me know i was like okay i got you and then we kept talking and one thing led to another and i was like if you really want you could have mine he was like wait really i was like yeah he's like don't you have rules i'm like some rules can be broken and he was like all of your rules i was like do you want them or not and he was like yeah yeah i want them i sent him my explicit images and he was really nice about it and he didn't save them or anything like that and he said i didn't want to save them without your permission because i didn't want to make you mad and i was like you can save them it won't make me mad just don't show anybody he's like okay I, I won't and so he saved them and he saved my booty pics and it was it wasn't as awkward as it was with M with G it was better I think because we were good friends maybe I don't know but I go into government the next day he sits in front of me in government I get in my seat and he turned around he smiled at me and he told me hi I was like hey Graham damn it okay I'm gonna keep saying their names because I keep forgetting so just like ignore them and he just acting like it was normal and everything like that which made me super happy and then uh it was before a basketball game a couple weeks later he asked me for things i haven't seen yet i was like i don't have anything you haven't seen yet because i don't send gucci pics because that makes me super 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 uncomfortable and he was like okay it's cool like stuff like that but the first time i sent him pictures he told me that i couldn't tell anybody because he didn't want to like ruin his reputation or his chances with this girl we're gonna call her i don't know we'll call her a z that has nothing to do with her name but we're gonna call her z he was like just promise not to tell anybody i don't want to i don't want anybody to know because you probably don't want anybody to know and i don't want to ruin my chances with z and things like that i was like yeah fine i i won't tell anybody pinky promise i went to school the next day and i told my best friends but to be fair you guys probably promised me we are not going to tell them anything and then go and tell your best friends so I'm justified on that at least. Also, about the um, Graham situation, he has what he calls 
his collection. It's a collection or a folder or an album or whatever you would call it of nudes that he has received from every girl. Every nude he's received, he he had it if he had permission to save it. He's even shown me some and yeah. That's how good our friendship was, I guess. So he deleted all of it. There had to be like 200 pictures in there. Probably more. He deleted all of it because he told me you get bored after looking at the same thing for a little while. So those pictures that I sent him and he saved were the start of his new collection. And my friends think that's insane. They're like, really? That doesn't bother you? I was like, I was like, no, I told him he could save them. I knew he had his, this collection thing. I knew I was going to end up in it. So I don't see why it's such a big deal. So, me and Grim are good now. Like, nothing's happened. We haven't talked about it, which is okay. Now we're going to move on to Clayton. Clayton is one of my best friend's cousins. I know, bad of me. But he was... He only cared about one thing. We didn't even really do what, what you would call dating. We had the label boyfriend-girlfriend. But... He just wanted nudes. He only cared about getting off. And stuff like that. So. I guess I wouldn't even call that a relationship. I don't even count that as a relationship. Because. That's all he wanted. Which sucked. Because how do you tell your best friend. That you broke up with their cousin. Because all they wanted to do was see your boobs. You know. So, there's not really much about him. He is just, I guess you could say he was important to this podcast. And now we're moving on to the most recent one who literally like shattered my heart. His name is Cody. Uh, back in January, uh, I was with my friend and her boyfriend and I was like, joking around, it's like, I guess I'll just have to be your guys' third friend, and he's like, and her boyfriend was like, well, I don't know, I think I might have someone for you, I was like, really? And he said, yeah, and he, uh, asked his friend if he was talking to anybody, and he was like, no, no, I'm not, and so, this, my friend's, um, boyfriend sent this boy a picture of me, and he thought I was cute. So, what had happened was, he added me on Snap, and we started talking. But I didn't even consider this talking, I thought we were just trying to be friends. Because, like, the first, like, 48 hours that we knew each other, he called me cute, and then after that, we never said anything like that ever again. And... I just found out yesterday that he told someone that I know that we were talking, which kind of honestly upsets me, 
because I didn't even know she thought we were talking. Like, you know when you think you're talking to somebody, but you don't know? Like, you don't know if you're just talking to be friends or talking to be more. You're kind of in between. And you don't want to ask them because if you're not talking, talking, it's kind of awkward. You know? But we, or he, told people we were talking and I didn't know that. And we just, I don't even know. We kind of drifted, I guess. Like, I helped him with things he needed help with. And he helped me with things I needed help with. And, like, he was there for me and all that. And I felt like I could have been my stupid self with him. Like, I once told him I was going to go on MasterChef Junior and make Gordon Ramsay frozen pizza. Like, that's the type of personality that I have. And he always thought that stuff was funny and everything like that. So, I always thought that we were talking but like I didn't know he thought that so if I would have known he thought that I would have put so much more into the relationship because what had happened is we drifted like, I, w I would always be the first one to text and the first one to snap and things like that. And he, like, never really wanted to actually, like, have a conversation. And then one night, I was having a rough night. And he was talking to me. And then we were talking about some other things because we were, re were very open people, I guess. You could say. So what had happened was we were talking about things and we were talking about uh, Michael actually and we ended up sending explicit images to each other and he and that only happened because I said do you want to know something and he said what and he said or, and I said, you are the only boy that I've probably ever talked to, or haven't been related to, or hasn't been my best friend, that has not asked me for nudes. And he said, I quote, it's because I shouldn't have to ask for them. If a girl wants to send them to me, she can send them to me. But I'm not going to ask a girl to do that and make her feel uncomfortable or anything like that. Which... At first, I was like, wow, that, like, he's different, and it turns out he's not different, like, at all, and that, I think that honestly broke my heart more now than it would have if I found out at the beginning of that. But anyways, we sent each other explicit images, and it was only once, and we promised each other it wouldn't happen again. And he, then he texts me, or he snaps me, after, like, ten. And ladies, you probably know what that means. He snaps me, 
about a month ago, I think. Wait, what month is it? No, it's May. Mm, probably about March. He snaps me, and he was like, um, do you remember what we did that one time? I was like, well, yeah, I remember it. And, so, it happened again, and so, then after that, that's all he wanted to do, that's, every time he snapped me, that's what it was for, he only wanted my nudes everything like that and I posted something on my private snap story yesterday and it said you told M we were talking I didn't even know we were talking if I knew that you thought we were talking I would have tried so much harder in the relationship than I did because I thought we were just trying to be friends and I was like, now look at the relationship we have. Because we weren't honest with each other. And it said, and then the last line was, now you only talk to me for one thing. He, if he didn't realize that was about him, he's the dumbest boy I've ever met in my entire life. He hasn't talked to me, like actually talked to me in forever. Probably, and he hasn't even asked me for news in two weeks week and a half something like that I don't honestly remember I just think it's I don't even know it honestly breaks my heart because he told people we were talking he told people that he liked me and I literally wrote him a whole paragraph about how I was interested in him and how he probably wasn't interested in me and I thought I should just tell him things like that and he told me that he he just wanted to be friends so and then I cried that night because I'm very emotional and I hate I hate like crying and stuff like that but I couldn't help it I literally cried he was super sweet about it and all that he wasn't mean or anything he was very 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 nice about it it just broke my heart that the first decent actual boy I've talked to didn't like want me back. You know, it hurts, but I think it hurt more that he that I found out that he told people we were talking, that he told people he liked me, and yet rejected me, and now he asks me for nudes. And he told me that after quarantine, we could go and have sex in my car. I was like, really? Really? Like, what the hell? Like, I get trying to be friends with benefits. I get that. But I would prefer my first time not being in the back of my Kia. What about you? I really don't think you would prefer your first time being in the back of some girl's Kia.
Like, I get it if it just happens, but if we're actually trying to plan this out, I really don't want to plan having sex in my car, you know? I prefer beds. You know, they're a lot more comfortable unless you're going to freaking slide a mattress in the back of my car. But, yeah, after quarantine, he just, he just wants to fuck. Like, that's all he's told me. He's like, after quarantine, we should have sex. And I was like, okay, I'm down. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, we have sex. And he's like, you know I'm a virgin, right? I'm like, yeah, so am I. That's kind of why I'm trying to have sex. And I just think it's funny because he thinks I know how to do so much stuff. Like, sis, I literally just told you I was a virgin. Like, it's not going to be great the first time. I can guarantee that. Like, you can think what you want, but I think at the end of the day, it only matters if you come or not. But that's just my personal opinion on this. Yeah, mom. You can apply to be on Survivor this fall. They're yeah. asking for 16, 17, 18, and 19 year olds. I don't know if they're going to do like a parent kid thing. Are we actually going to? You and me? I would die, mom. It would be good. I would starve to death. Look at the weight you could lose. Mom! Mom! <laughs> are we being serious? Yes. Why are they asking for kids so young? I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be a parent-kid show because I can't see them putting minors out there. Unless their parents are going to sign away a bunch of stuff. I'll sign it away. You're going to sign away my life pretty much? For Suck it up. A plus, I've watched Survivor. For a million dollars. A million dollars? Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm thinking Big Brother. Big Brother is only 500000 Okay, let's do it. I don't know if I was happy with who won. Wait, who won? Tony. Oh, okay. And he played a good game, but Natalie won the final. She made it back. She was the first person voted out. She made it back from extinction and won the final challenge. Played two idols, then won the final challenge to make it to the end. That's a big comeback. Um, I have a lot of respect. She spent 37 days. By herself? On that island. Well, other people got voted out. Well, yeah, but... And she competed hard on that island. Michelle didn't get any votes. Uh, Tony got 12 and Natalie got 4. I thought it would be even closer. Natalie, mm, that was iffy. I'm never... You're never happy with who wins, usually. usually. There's a couple seasons where you, you usually get who you want to win. Yeah, but... Okay, let's. And I don't even like Natalie, but <laughs> let's sign away my rights, Mom, yep. so I can win a million dollars. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, if we're signing my rights away, it's my money. I'm your guardian. I don't care. Freaking weirdo. Sorry, that was my mother, and we were talking about Super or not Supernatural, Survivor, the TV show. If you haven't watched it. And apparently she wants me to sign up because they're asking for minors now. But, okay. Anyways. So, now me and Cody are not on a speaking basis. 
and I kind of really just want to test him and be like, you're in my privacy, right? And just want to make sure he knows that was about him. Like, he should have just been honest with me, but I get that he wasn't honest with me, but at least I was honest with him. So, yeah. And it's oh, I dropped it. Anyways, it sucks because I really liked him. Like, he was funny and he was nice to me and he was good. And he goes and he turns into every boy who's ever talked to me. And I think that's what breaks my heart because I believed him so so much that he was a good guy and he ended up not being a good guy and yeah I, I know I've repeated myself a lot in this but I don't know you know I just don't know how I feel about it. Like, I know how I feel about it, but at the same time, I really don't. It hurts. It sucks. I'm so close to texting him right now. It's insane. Like, you know when you drunk text your ex? That's kind of like what this is right now, but sober. I'm sober, and I want to text him. And he's not even my ex, but he's the boy that asked me ever. So, there's my boy problems for now. Heck, if I end up texting him tonight, you guys will probably be the first ones to hear about it. We'll hear the whole story, at least. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll fix the relationship, if you want to call it that, that we have. But... I don't know. I just want to have a normal conversation with him again. Like, these past- I haven't had a normal conversation with him in months. I just want a normal conversation with him. That's really all I'm asking. I probably won't end up getting that. But that's okay, because I will just find someone else. Who is nice and sweet and not going to treat me like that. And not going to use me for nudes or any sort of thing like that. <clears throat> and now that I got that all off my chest. Michael, Graham, Clayton, Cody have all shaped me to be who I am. And because of some of them, I have more respect for myself. I have more confidence. I'm not as dumb with my decision making. And yeah, so at the end of the day, I'm, I mean, they still had parts of my life. And I'm still going to thank them for making me who I am right now and for making me who you're listening to. So, if you made it to the end of this podcast, uh, Thank you for listening to my problems. Uh, please ignore the fact that I use their real name.
kids don't have problems like this. And if you do, I'm sorry. If you do, I feel you. And if you do, it's okay because it'll shape you into a better person. So with that, uh, I bid you guys farewell. Have a safe, uh, happy, healthy day. And I will talk to you guys next time.